Well, it's great to see all of you. Hope you've had a good Christmas Eve so far. Honestly, I always am curious, how many of you really did have to go shopping today? All right, see? You don't put your hand up in shame. You're just like, yeah, I did. I own it. That's how I am. That's who I am, so quit judging me. I was out there with you, and uh, let me just say, the thing about shopping at Christmas time that I always forget is you're out with a bunch of people that don't normally go shopping. You know what I'm saying? Like you're in the store with all these people that look lost no matter where they are, and, and, and they kind of drive that way, whatever, but, and then you put a little moisture in the air, and it really messes us up. But the hard thing about the shopping thing is, you know, you're, you're looking for gifts, and you've got an idea, and, and there's all these people, and, and they don't know what they're doing. And then all of a sudden you realize, that's you. That's who, that's who I am. I'm that guy that people see like, what are you doing in a store? You don't belong in a store. Get out of my way. So anyways, we're done, and uh, there's just something about gift cards. Let's, let's just say that, right? <laughs> there's just something about, here, means a lot. But uh, so it's, it's fun. It's fun to give gifts and receive gifts. Um, this, this season, as, as we're obviously just so excited about Christmas and gathering as a family, uh, it's, it's, it's the awareness of this amazing gift that we've received. Uh, we're calling it the greatest gift, right? The greatest gift that, the, the, that we can imagine is the fact that God himself uh, gifted us. Uh, not just a nice relative or someone who knows you really well and, and knows those special things, but, but God himself has gifted us. And so we're blessed because of that. And uh, so as a church family, and so many of you are guests, and we're so glad to have you with us. We had quite a few last night joining us, and we're glad to have you with us and to just kind of kick off this, this celebration of, of Christmas, the traditions, and the fun that we have uh, by pausing and saying, God, wow, this gift. Uh, I can't get over it. I just can't get over what a cool gift this is. Um, so we're going to talk about that for just a few moments. Um, I, while I'm thinking of it, I see this little book here. This is another gift. Uh, when you leave tonight, uh, outside the door, there's a table with a bunch of these. This is a gift from us to you, uh, at least one per family. If, if, you, if you need a couple, uh, that'd be great. It's called The Case for Christmas. If you're familiar with Lee Strobel, a journalist who came to Christ and does a lot of investigative studies, uh, this is really good book. It's, it's short. Um, I've read it. And one thing I want to encourage you with, if you've known Jesus like most of your life and you're not new to the faith, uh, you will learn something by reading this. And if you're kind of new to the faith or you're even kind of looking over the fence to see what Christianity is all about, uh, you too will learn something. So this is a gift for you. Make sure you pick one up as you leave. There's also going to be some hot cider if you didn't already see that. And there's actually a photo booth off to the, off to the right so you can have your family photo done for free. So I encourage you to stop by and have a good time and, and visit with each other, but don't forget that free gift. Uh, this greatest gift that we're talking about, uh, Emmanuel, God with us, this gift that God's given us, really the epicenter of the entire topic is what we heard earlier um, out of Luke 2. Luke 2, verse 11, for unto you, and by the way, this is an amazing sermon, one verse, and you might be thinking, well, can you just do that and we're done? No, but it would be, okay? So one verse is an amazing sermon because here you have this proclamation of the gift. For unto you. I love that because it's not for unto others. Isn't that, isn't that wild? Like the, the angels didn't show up and tell the shepherds, hey, for a bunch of other people. No, he says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, and again, addressing shepherds, uh, you will find a baby 
wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So this amazing gift shows up, as we all know, the, the beautiful Christmas story, in a manger. Um, and the announcement's made to shepherds of all people. Uh, that's where the entrance it first makes, it shows up. This greatest gift, and I think of the beauty of God's creative mind to think, when it's time to send Jesus, how should we do this? You wonder if the Trinity, as much time as they talked about, how should we create man? You know, what should we do? Did they talk about it before it happened? And then when it came time for Jesus to come, did they talk about how should we do this? Um, who would have thought? Let's pick a baby. Let's come in the most vulnerable, unpretentious, completely needy way possible that God would show up on planet Earth, the very planet that He created, weak, vulnerable. Um, not all together. Precious, absolutely. There's everything precious about a baby. Um, but Jesus showed up as a baby, uh, a savior. This verse tells us that uh, born in the city of David would be a savior. So it's like this proclamation, this baby that's come. By the way, there's a mission and a purpose behind this baby. He's not just here to kind of stir things up and to start a movement and to get a lot of support and, you know, build a big fan base. He's here to be a savior. This greatest gift is one who comes to deliver. The word savior means the deliverer, uh, one who has come to redeem one who's come to rescue. When you need saving, that's because you're in hot water, right? When someone comes by and helps you out, did they save you? Well, yeah, if you were really in a bind, man, thanks for saving me on that. You, you really got me out of something. To be saved means you're hurting, you're in a bad place. This baby came as a savior to rescue, to redeem. But also it says uh, in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, the word Christ, Christos, is the word for Messiah. So here we have the kingship of Jesus even uh, shown to us. This, uh, this baby Jesus showing up as a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And what's interesting about the angel's announcement didn't say, hey, someday this little guy's going to grow up and he's going to be really strong and be a Savior. And, and then someday he's going to be a king. What's it say? Is. Is. He's come. He's a savior. He is Christ the Lord. So even in the infancy of the delivery and the, the birth and the Jesus showing up on the scene, we have a king uh, presented to us, one who is noted, but not fully crowned until he comes again. So even in this announcement, in this little one-verse sermon, you have something to look forward to, the future. There's going to be a day when clearly he will be crowned as king of this universe and all will bend the knee to him. In John 1, 14, the scripture says, and the word became flesh, and, the, and that's John's way of describing Jesus and, and God. And this is actually John's version of the nativity scene, I guess. And the word became flesh. God took on flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. God becoming flesh. Honestly, many of you have sat in a lot of services like this. You've been around a few times. You've seen Christmas come and go. You've heard the stories, and you're, you could probably recite it pretty well. But tonight, what I'm asking you to do is we consider this, this amazing gift of God with us, that we all kind of step into that, that place of, Lord, show me something. 
Lord, present something to me. Help me to see something maybe I've not quite seen before. Uh, be a fresh onlooker. And we think of God coming as a baby, a savior, a king. Word becoming flesh. An infinite God who has no beginning. The, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, eternally existing. And yet there's a day when they say, yeah, let's, let's go to earth. Let's figure out how to go among these messy, broken people and bring salvation to them. And the way they choose is as a baby, right? The unknown gift, the, the, the crisis today, here's the problem we face. The problem we face, whether in church or just society at large, is this gift is unknown. Um, you're all going to have your gift exchanged. Some of you have already done it, some tonight, some tomorrow, whatever, however you do it. You don't leave a gift under the tree and say, well, don't worry about it, right? You don't say that it looks like a big one, it looks like a cool one, let's, let's not worry about it. No, you're going to explore all the gifts, right? And if you have children, they'll make sure that happens sooner than later. Um, if you're elderly like me, you might like forget until like, wait a second, there's still something there. But most of us, it's like, there's something about these gifts that we know and we exchange, but the hardest thing about this gift of God with us is it's unknown. So many people, and kind of even some in church world, don't quite understand what this is, the weight, the beauty, uh, the dimension of this gift that's been presented. Uh, it's a crisis. We don't know the gift that's been presented to us, that Jesus the baby of Christmas is actually the savior of the world who's come to be our king. We like the story. We appreciate the traditions, and, and we all have our favorite aspect of, of Christmas. Uh, we, we just don't understand the importance as it relates to us. Like, honestly, when's the last time you thought, what difference does Christmas make to me? Like, I believe some stuff, and maybe I got saved when I was a kid, or I you know, did this thing. But today, it's like, yeah, let's just get the presents wrapped and get this thing over with, right? <laughs> or let's just, let's just do this. What, what difference has Christmas made for you? That this gift would not be unknown. This gift would not be distant. Uh, in a world that grows antagonistic towards anything that seems exclusive or dogmatic or sure of itself, like Christianity, um, truth is on trial. So for us as followers of God to say, man, Jesus was born and, and he's the savior of the world and you really ought to be saved. You know, the, a non-believer can say, why, why, are you, why are you talking? That's foolishness. We all know that's just a fable. It's just an old story. Here's the thing about truth being on trial. Uh, at the end of the day, at the end of every day, it's truth and truth alone that stands. That's why a book like this or, or rereading the Gospels, asking the Lord to help you understand and to show you will reveal to you the truth of the Gospel. These aren't made up stories. This isn't just some religious bent a few people have. For 2,000 years, people have been gathering to remember the birth of the Savior. And for 2,000 years, people have been saying, Lord, would you be my Savior? Lord, what you did for the reason you came and what you did on the cross, Lord, would you, would you let me have that gift that you've presented to me? For 2,000 years, that's been happening in rooms like this all around the world. The baby Jesus came to bring God to us, and now he makes it so we can know God, so we can go to God. So who is he today? I mean, this isn't just an old story of, of neat traditions who is Christ today in our world? Who is Christ today in your life? People still ask of Jesus the same question that Philip asked. If you remember the night before Jesus was crucified, uh, Philip sat with the disciples um, 
And it's like you have this conversation of, of, of Jesus and God and how awesome God is. Um, and, you, you know, as today an onlooker might think, you know, there's something special about Jesus and God. I don't know what it is, but they got something going. It's pretty cool, pretty tight. Um, and Philip asks the question. He says, uh, Lord, show us the Father and it will be enough for us. It will be sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? I don't think Jesus was saying this in a, in a condemning way, or Philip, you're a knucklehead, how could you miss it? I don't think he was doing that. I think he was using the opportunity to say, Philip, it's been me all along. I, I'm, I, am, I and the Father are one. And as you've known me, you've known the Father. And I, and I think this unknown gift in our world today is people don't realize that the, the baby Jesus we talk about and the Jesus we talk about at churches is the same Jesus who's king of the universe. God incarnate. God among us. This amazing gift that's been given to us that changes our life, that changes everything about me, changes my purpose, changes my perspective. Uh, this unknown gift can be known. And that's our job. That's our call is to live it and to express it and to help others see it. And that unknown gift is literally the gift of God himself. This greatest gift is the gift of God. It's a gift given by God. It's a gift that is itself God, the perfect gift that meets the most crucial need. When we give gifts tonight or tomorrow and you, oh, I love that, I wanted that, or I really needed that, or how'd you know, oh, wink, wink, you know. We have these gifts that somehow hit it, and then you have those gifts like, what, do you even know me? Like, do you think I like this? Why'd you do that to me? That's insulting. But the gift of God isn't that. The gift of God is he knows our need, and that need is a crucial need. That need isn't like, it would really be good. God isn't saying, it'd be good if a lot of people on earth were religious and nice to each other. If people were, were nice and religious, uh, then the world would be a better place. And so let's shoot for that. That's not why the gift of God has come, right? The gift of God came because all of us are a mess. Inwardly, we're born into this mess. This need we have goes beyond our ability to say, you know, I'm just going to try harder. I want to do better. I want to be more spiritual, more religious, more generous. Those don't fix it. Uh, one author, Paul Tripp, a book I recently received and just a great, uh, a great devotional book, he, he writes this about our need. We were not hardwired to live independently. We were not made to function on our own and to live based on our own wisdom. We were not created to live by our own limited resources. We were made to live in constant life-giving connection to the God who made us. Our separation from God was a functional and moral disaster. It's like we weren't made to be separate from God. God didn't create Adam and even say, you know, I really hope we mess this up. No, he made us to know us. And so our, 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 this dysfunction we have, this, this, this moral de de decay uh, is a disaster, Trip brings out. So Christmas cracks the case of the broken and the wounded. Christmas answers the need. The, the, the gift of God himself comes to us and says, this is it. This is the one thing. No matter how old you are, no matter how, how long you live, the life you have, there's this one thing that we all got to get, and this is it. There's a lot of other things you're going to get, a lot of things we're going to work on. We're going to be busy at life, building our stuff and, and doing our thing, but there's one thing you got to get. 
Christmas cracks the case of the broken and the wounded, meets that crucial need right where every single one of us lives. Here's what it does. It brings healing. Jesus brings healing. Mark 2, 17, and when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous. Jesus, I didn't come for those that, don't, that think they don't need me. I came for those that are sick. And the sickness of the soul speaks to every human condition, no matter how well you're doing, your last name, where you come from. We all need this gift of Jesus. He could have said, yo, those who are not just wealthy, but those that are healthy, uh, those that live in America, those that have this, those that have that. Uh, what he said is, uh, he didn't come for those that think they're righteous. He came for those that know they need something. 1 Timothy 1.15, the saying is trustworthy. And Paul understands this. Paul says, and deserving of complete, complete acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, Paul says, of whom I, the Apostle Paul, the guy who wrote a lot of this, I'm foremost. I'm like, he calls himself the chief of sinners. He understood the gift of Christmas meets a crucial need, and that is we need Jesus. We need to be healed. We can't do this of ourselves. When we're sick, we go to a doctor. We take medicine. We go. We seek help. We don't just say, you know, I'm going to fix this. <laughs> it doesn't usually work, unless you're a guy and you think that's going to happen, but it doesn't. I, I promise you that. So it brings healing, but also this gift brings hope. So it heals. It gives us, it gives us this life, but it also brings hope. Hope that says, I'm looking forward to what's ahead. Not just the agony of what a mess I have around me. Matthew 12, 18. Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him. And he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. And in his name, the name of Jesus, Gentiles, people, will hope. There's a drought on hope tonight. People are overwhelmed and overworked, underappreciated and disconnected. The future looks like a Flagstaff weather report. It keeps changing and it isn't always the promise we were hoping for, right? So people live with a sense of where's this going? What's going to happen? And I'm not just talking about the economy or, or COVID or all these weird things that have just become overwhelming, but your life, where are you headed? Where do you hope to be? next year and five years from now? What's the hope that we have? See, Jesus, this greatest gift of God, brings healing, but also gives us hope. My life's exciting for, because of what's ahead. We get through the same stuff and trials and muck and mire that all of us live through, but there's, this is going somewhere, and I have Christ with me. Peter said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Jesus came so we could be born again. Isn't that cool, the picture he uses? God, this, this, this amazing being, uh, comes in the form of a baby and then calls us to what? Be born again spiritually. And he says, Peter says, to a living hope. This new birth brings living hope. The third thing we get out of this gift is it gives new life. So it brings healing, gives us hope, but also gives us new life. New life, a new start. Not the same old thing whitewashed or the same old thing kind of rinsed and dried and feeling a little better, but like, wait a second, I've got actually a new life because of what Christ has come for. In John 3, 
Jesus said, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This last Sunday here at our church, I used the reference out of John 10. I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. The birth of Jesus brings new life for all of us, provides the opportunity for us to receive the greatest gift, a gift that in John 1.12 says, but to all who did receive him, to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. I want to talk about that just for a second. It's one thing to say, yeah, God's a gift. That's a cool story, Mark. Of course, we know that. And, and the greatest gift of Christmas isn't the stuff we exchange, but the baby in the manger and what Christ has come to do. But here's the deal. And you all know this. You're going to exercise this. I guarantee it. How do you get the gift? You receive the gift. So I don't know how it is at your house if someone has to play, you know, Santa Claus or whatever, and they have to, like, give the gifts to everybody. Here, Grandma, here's your gift. And, and we're all wait for Grandma to open her gift, and we yawn. And, and, you know, then we wait for this, we wait for that. Uh, we do, however you do that, someone's receiving the gift. You know, say, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. No thanks. I, I'm, I appreciate the gift. It looks nice. How about we put it back under the tree, and I'll just enjoy it there for a long time. And we might even get up from the, from the, from the, from the scene and, and go have dinner and say, you know that gift there? That's mine. That's so cool. I'm so thankful I have that gift. That's, what a great job. Thanks for wrapping it so beautifully. How foolish, right? The gift is yours when you receive it. I think there's a lot of people, perhaps some here, we don't doubt that the greatest gift is God. We don't doubt that, that Jesus came and what he came to do was to be a, uh, not just born as a baby, but a savior and a king. We kind of know that. We probably say, wow, that all, I, I get that. Uh, but I don't know that you have received it. That's different than just saying, yeah, I see that gift. That, boy, that's pretty. That's mine. I, I, I believe that. That's good stuff. He said in John 1, 12, but to all who received him, he be." and believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You can experience healing. You can have hope. You can be given new life by simply trusting in God that the baby Jesus that we're here to celebrate and talk about came as God, came as man, ultimately to take my place and your place on a cross to die in my place. He paid for my sins so that I could now be made whole. I could experience this new life. God with us becomes Christ in us. Isn't that like the coolest thing right there? Christmas and all this wonderful stuff. God, Emmanuel, God with us has now become, actually Christ is with me. Christ is in my heart. Christ is, dwells with me. He walks with me. I, Christ in me, the hope of glory, Colossians tells me. That can be your gift. Tonight, I'm going to ask you to, to ask yourself that hard question. Have I received this gift? Is this mine? Or do I just simply believe that it's like true and hope that's good enough that someone says, yeah, I believe it. Have you received that gift? Like taken it and taken the paper off and said, wow, Jesus, you did that for me. Here's what I want you to do right now. We'll just take a moment, and then we're going to finish our time with another great Christmas song. I'm going to ask us all to, to bow our heads and to pray and to say, God, this gift that you've given me, I'm so thankful for it. Tell the Lord how grateful you are for the gift he's given you. Ask God to help this Christmas uh, tonight and tomorrow be, be special and meaningful.
But as we pray, there might be someone here that would say, you know what, um, I, I kind of know this stuff. This all sounds real familiar. I would say, yeah, I think I believe it. But I don't know that I've ever like reached out my hand and said, God, I, I want to receive this gift. That name tag on the gift is your name. To receive it, the Bible says that we believe it in our hearts and we confess it. That means we say, God, I hear what you've done for me. I believe the truth of the gospel. That baby Jesus grew up to die, for my pl- to die for my sins. He took my place. And I, tonight I accept that gift. By faith, I believe what you say is true. And in my life, I receive this gift. You can pray that right now. Just simply pray, this, pray a prayer like this, if that's you. Say, dear God, and you don't have to say the words out loud, but just in a spirit of prayer, with all of us thanking God for this wonderful Christmas, you would say, dear God, I know that I've sinned against you. I know that I'm that mess that you came to rescue. And tonight, I want to receive this gift that you have given, the gift of your son, Jesus. Tonight, I receive that gift by faith. And I thank you for that gift. And I thank you for hope, for healing, and for a new life, for making this the best Christmas ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God with us becomes Christ in us. If if you prayed a prayer like that, perhaps like right now, I want to rejoice with you. I don't want to embarrass you, of course, but I want to rejoice with you. That's like the best thing ever. Let's know this whole thing, all this stuff. For 2,000 years, people have been coming to Christ saying, God, I received that gift. Thank you. In rooms like this, in stadiums, and houses, and in the back room, in the basement, and with someone in the parking lot. God, thank you for giving me that gift. And if today was the day you received that gift, I want you, please let me know. I'll be in the back roaming around with the rest of you. I would love to hear from you. I want to rejoice with you. Because this is, the, this is the greatest thing about Christmas is we all, we all look forward to what we're going to give, we're going to receive, and, and understanding this powerful meaning of Christmas. I hope that's your story tonight. God with us becomes Christ in us. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the encouragement that we all uh, can learn the, this beauty of the gift that you've given us. We receive it with grace, and we're so grateful for the lives that have been changed. And even tonight, Lord, if, if one has prayed or several or, or maybe yet uh, tonight will receive that gift by talking to someone they came with or a family member or myself or someone here, Lord, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for your kindness and, and the truth of this beautiful gift Emmanuel, God with us, who now is Christ in us. In Jesus' name, we receive this. Amen.